It's Friday the 13th, hon. Your favorite day of the year. It is. It really is. Very excited. My plan is to watch every single Friday the 13th movie, except for parts... Did you hear about the reboot? Uh, what reboot? What are you talking about? I, I keep pretty close track of that stuff, and... Well, you missed something big. Impossible. That's, that's just impossible. They're making a Friday the 13th reboot where Jason Voorhees stalks campers in the woods. All the usual stuff. But he only kills those with terrible Twitter accounts. Aha. Uh-huh. Very funny. <laughs> you almost had me. I'm serious. It'll be a massacre of awful Twitter accounts. So I guess Jason becomes something of a public service in the reboot. Look, I refuse to believe that they would make a movie... Just telling you what I heard... Oh, God! Oh, my God, he's here! He found my Twitter account! Fantasy Football Podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback and best tight end recommendations based on opposition matchups. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zachary. Another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And as always, I'm joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, man? I uh, I seem to have survived the atta- the attack of Jason Voorhees there at the beginning. Yeah, it's it's good to hear it's good to hear your voice after after that intro. Right, minimal damage. You know, so look at some characters in those movies, they survive only losing a limb, maybe two. So I think I can I can make it through that. Was there was there anyone that didn't survive uh, with the with him going after bad Twitter accounts? Oh uh, well, uh, I, I I guess like maybe half of fantasy Twitter would be in serious right. trouble. Uh, is, Do- is Donald Trump alive? Is is the question? I I would say no, but <laughs> I could also be arrested by the Secret Service. I guess if I if I expanded on that point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So tomorrow, what is it? Or I guess two days. It's Friday the thirteenth. Uh, yes, yes. In two days, it is as as uh, as as our friend Matt, the uh, loyal listener and uh, uh, friend on Twitter, said. It is my high holy day, which my dad would actually die if he heard that. <laughs> right, exactly. I was just thinking the exact same thing. He would actually die. <laughs> Speaking of your dad, I, I uh, so we we met up last weekend, Denny, and I didn't I didn't meet your dad though. No. But I was in I was in the area right. to meet to to potentially meet your dad, but that didn't happen. Not that we were planning for me to meet your dad, <laughs> but it happened. We met up last weekend. Yeah, we met at uh, at a bar outside of the Caps Stadium in in DC, um, and it was fun. I had a really good time, and and you know what? I'm proud of myself because I'm a dad. You know, I I dress like a dad. I I I walk around like a dad. I am a dad, and I rallied to go out to dc at 10 o'clock at night it's just true this is true and i stayed out you know i stayed out to like 115 i think you did good you you did you you surprised me and i i surprised myself but you know what you know what staying out that long for me is easier when the company is good and you guys were very a lot of fun to hang around i appreciate that i appreciate that i'll let well hopefully my friends that we were with are listening but they're probably not so i will let them know well, I'm, just, I'm talking mostly about your friends, but, right? You know, of that. course, it's not about. I never, I never once thought that it would be about me. 
Well, I, I told, uh, you know, your wife, Amanda, that we should start our, our own spinoff podcast. Um, you know, meet me and her, you know, cause I, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know about this. So yeah, yeah. I think we're going to, we're going to start that. We were going to tell you eventually. That would be, that would be pretty interesting. That was, that was quite a, quite a, uh, quite a day, even though the penguins lost, that was a good time to hang around in my, my, my penguins Jersey and be super yinzer all around DC. But there were yinzers everywhere, everywhere. They're, they're, they are everywhere. They're they're absolutely everywhere. DC fans, I, I think so. Like I think it has the same, like because like DC in general is a fairly transplant city, right? Because just mm-hmm. you're going to get people from everywhere, and I think because of that. And look, I'm not I'm not taking away from diehards, okay? But I think my experience there was a lot less like rabid than I thought it was going to be, like. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm used to to Pittsburgh sports, and and it's crazy. But it it reminded me more of the fans in Charlotte than it did the fans in a Midwest city like Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's, you're right. I mean, there are a lot of transplants. Hey, look, everybody in this area works for the federal government. So, you know, there are a lot of people moving in and out. You have a lot of people from Northern Virginia coming in to see these games. So it's it's a, it's a ton of transplants. But getting back to our meeting real quick. I want to say that I was severely overdressed for the for the venue. <laughs> that's, that's not even that true. That's not even uh, well, that true. I show up in first of all, I can what I consider my good jeans. And I mean, you look uh, you look great. And a jacket, thank you. I know. I mean, I I liked I like my my outfit, but everybody else is walking around in sweatpants and hockey jerseys. And <laughs> sweatpants. By the way, guys, I wore I wore sweatpants to, 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 the, to, to the to the Pens Caps playoff game. I, I wore sweatpants. They had drawstrings that came down, and I had to tie them every once in a while. And I had this jer- I had this jersey on, uh, and I had my blankie hung around actually my my right shoulder. I th- I thought your slippers were out of control. I yeah, think, they know. were. They were. They were. They had little Winnie 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 the Pooh heads on them. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was quite the uh, quite the attire. No, you weren't you weren't overdressed. You were dressed. I, I there was I, there was also that event going on behind us, so people were dressed up for that. So you could just say that you were with them. That's true. That's true. We also had we had a diehard fan talk to us for a while. That was fun. Yeah, we did. Happen. Yeah, it was that was a good time. You had you had people. So my one buddy Joe listens to the podcast and he kind of spreads it spreads the the love to some of his friends. So we had we had someone actually come up to Denny in real life and tell him to delete his account. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. It was great. It was Jeez. great. I, I told I told him I said, "Hey, you know, uh thank you for that and you're you're actually the second person to ever tell me to delete my account in real life. My, the first person being my 3-year-old son." <laughs> right. But he, he, your three-year-old son, which which he does it every single morning. Right. He's like, "Good morning, Daddy. Delete your," as he would say, "Delete your account." <laughs> right. Right. Every every single morning. Uh, but yeah, it was a good time last weekend. I'm I'm I was dead driving back on on Sunday. So um, I don't I don't know how you did it. I don't either. I don't either. A lot of I don't even drink coffee, so it was it wasn't that that easy. Hey, can I can I just real quick speaking of my dad before we get into the the meat of the podcast I want to I want to share one little anecdote from my dad here because I know the people love love my dad and they love my dad more than me so uh, I'll I'll share this about uh, a take he had a super super hot take uh, on a um, on a topic that I think we touched on last time which was the discriminatory uh, bathroom law in your neck of the woods. Yeah, we, I mean, you and I talked about this drinking beer for a good like hour on Saturday. We did. 
Yes, yes, we did. And and so my dad has a, has a hot, I mean, it is, oof, I honestly thought he was kidding, but he wasn't. So this is his take on that. Beyond all the uh, all the regular arguments for why uh, you know people should should be forced to use certain bathrooms according to the gender listed on their birth certificate, my dad says this. He says, beyond that, there's this reason that a girl or or a woman <laughs> should not be exposed to a man taking a crap. <laughs> Period. Period. Because, because he said that no, no, no woman should be exposed to that—that that smell, the sight of it. If if they actually see it in the toilet, <laughs> he, he said, you know, this. He said this is beyond the pale. That we should, we cannot expose our women to male uh, defecation. <laughs> that's pretty. That's a, that's a pretty odd take. I, I I was like, dang, are we? Are you are you being? Uh, is this funny? Because that's funny to me. And you need you. I mean, you need to tell me if you're being serious. What, what, was, was he being serious? Yes, he was like he was like. Look, you don't want uh you know, uh you know, no one wants their daughter walking in and and smelling what some guy left behind. I said, Dad, you know that women they women go number two. You know that, that happens, right? right? That actually happens. Right. And I mean, like their, their bodily functions work like ours. So I don't know. That's, that's absolutely hilarious. Did you, did you by chance see my Twitter timeline yesterday with the hot take guy about the hot take guy at at Starbucks? Oh, the guy at Starbucks. Yeah, it was, it was, people thought I was making that up and I'm like, guys, I can't, I can't think in this way this quickly. Like it's not, this isn't the way it works. So this guy, he was like, Kind of, kind of, just uh, he was probably like in like either like late high school or maybe early college, and he was with another buddy, kind of nerdy guys. And the one guy that was spitting the hot takes had like hair down to his shoulders, and he was he was kind of a beefier dude. And he's just like like I the instant I walk in, he starts talking about how Joe Flacco is this good quarterback because he just wins, man. And then <laughs> instant, and then I just so happened to sit. Well, I kind of forced myself to to sit right next to him. Uh, at Starbucks and the, the best, the best hot take. So if you guys missed it, it's on my Twitter timeline. You might have to sift through some penguin sweets, but the, the best, the best take that he had was that he thinks that Tom Brady is going to eventually get cut. And then he's just going to play football somewhere else for fun. He's just, gonna, uh, he's just going to play for fun, man. That is, that's super hot. Also, I think what, I think judging by the appearance and the Flacco thing, uh, you saw PFT commenter. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it was, it was it was pretty. I mean, that was as close as I'm gonna ever get in real life. Wow, wow, that that right. So so let's see, Brady's gonna go play for like, I don't know, like the Texans. For right. Fun. Yeah. Just just that's that's his take. He's gonna he's gonna do it for fun. It was it was quite a good twenty minutes of. Um, I'm sorry to to number fire for wasting wasting work hours by tweeting that out, but I think it was good for the brand. I do too. That was a great. That was a great rant you had on, on the time, or not even rant. You were just documenting. That was yeah, that was that was that was journalism. That was a journalistic undertaking, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Anyway, all right. Let's uh, let's dig into what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, or whenever you're listening to it, I guess. Um, so, you know, we're past the draft now. We're kind of looking into next season a little bit, like even more in terms of actual projections and such. I mentioned that I built a new model. 
just we're 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 doing we're doing the MFL ten of death. We're actually doing things that are actionable uh, for next season. And you know, we figured let's talk about guys who are going to regress from 2015 to 2016. Guys who are just going to underperform versus what they did maybe the previous season, or for a lot of reasons, whether it just be math or or whether it just be certain circumstances. Uh, so we'll go through a few guys uh, that we have listed. So we'll have actually fantasy football content on the podcast. And then we'll get into Twitter questions because that's that's fun too. Mm-hmm. So, Denny, why don't you start things off? Who's a guy that's going to regress this season? Other other than me with my with my looks as I age. Right. Well, you know, I mean, I, I mean, a football player. Right. It goes. It goes for probably probably all of us. Um, uh, <laughs> I would say that a guy a guy in the first round who who strikes me as 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 someone who you're really buying at like at like the top 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 end of his uh you know possible outcomes is Allen robinson uh you know he's going uh last i checked in the middle of the first round i mean so you're just there's no discount whatsoever um and i i i just i can't help but be afraid that he you know last year benefited from a perfect fantasy football storm in in that that wreck of a Jacksonville team, okay, uh, you had um, a huge deficits, uh, tons tons of garbage time, uh, lots of throwing inside the ten yard line, and especially inside the twenty yard line fr- from Bortles, um, and uh, a non existent running game for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So uh, you ev- you had everything going in the right direction, and. And it really worked out, you know. If you drafted, when where was Robinson going last year in redraft? Like the fourth. I mean, ra- I mean, expert leagues. He was going in the fifth, and non-expert probably the sixth. So. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, uh, for draft day consultants, I remember doing a draft for, for someone where he went to the, in the eighth. So I mean, you know, right. you you got a huge discount on a guy who ended up what as a top a top five receiver. Top, yeah, yeah, something, something in that in that range. So. Anyway, but that just generally speaking, I can't help but think that he will uh, be a victim of of the bad kind of regression. You know, there's just a Jacksonville team that, you know, the way that they drafted this year, uh, the free agency signings uh, that they made, including Chris Ivory, the way that their general manager and their coach is talking. It, it, it sounds like their full full intention is to not be what they were last year to be as as much you know opposite of that as as they can so that that scares me and it's also if you look at robinson's individual numbers from 2015 uh he accounted for 35 percent of uh the jaguars touchdowns offensive touchdowns and uh quite unbelievably he scored 12 12 touchdowns on 22 red zone targets on the season uh, now those 22 red zone targets are definitely repeatable, um, uh, especially for a guy like Robinson with with his profile. But that rate of catching the touchdowns, 12 out of 22, uh, is is not sustainable uh, at all. And I, I think that even even the the you know most unapologetic a Rob Truther, uh, and you're right if you're a Truther by the way, you are you are correct, um, uh, would say that that's not sustainable. So th- there's just a lot going in the wrong direction, I think this year coming off of just a perfect season uh, last year. Yeah. I mean, to, to kind of add to what you're talking about, uh, I did a study this off season that looked at 
uh, our reception net expected points metric at number fire, which essentially looks at how many real points these guys are adding uh, with their catches. And I charted that against touchdowns over the last five years for wide receivers. And that gave me a trend line, which then I could look at and see uh, what the expected touchdown uh, touchdown output would be given a particular reception net expected points performance, right? Um, and it actually is pretty, you know, I looked back the last couple of seasons, especially last year, uh, guys that the, the, the model projected that would score a, a lot more touchdowns this year, uh, obvi- you know, Dwayne Bowe was one of them. Obviously, he didn't get any playing time. Julio was also one of them. He under he he had the exact same amount, but he underperformed in terms of what he did versus how many touchdowns he scored. But it also but it it noted Vincent Jackson, Golden Tate, uh, Kenny Stills, which was a weird one. Larry Fitzgerald, Ruben Randall, who went pretty ham, Julian Edelman, Marcus Wheaton, and of course Doug Baldwin. So mm-hmm. it was a, it, it's it's a real thing where just regression occurs. So then I looked at what happened this season and and uh, looked at guys who should have scored fewer touchdowns. Based on reception net expected points, Allen Robinson uh, was ranked number two in terms of he should have scored fewer touchdowns behind Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin scored 14, but it, he should have scored 7.75 touchdowns. Wow. Uh, which, which, is, which is crazy. Uh, Allen Robinson wasn't as bad, but he still should have scored, based on his reception net expected points total, 9.29 touchdowns instead of the 14. So the thing, you know, the thing with Allen Robinson, and, and you mentioned it, Denny, you know, he's, he profile, I mean, he's a, a beast of a receiver. Like it, it, it could be a Des Bryant situation where uh, he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Like he's going to be a double digit touchdown threat every, every season that he's out there. And I think that's the case, you know, really there's, there's just, there's, there's, there's volume concerns in terms of what he did last year to what, could potentially happen this year. I mean, you mentioned Bortles, and Bortles is also a great regression candidate for a lot of reasons. I, I pulled some some numbers from an article I did on Bortles earlier this offseason. Uh, but Bortles ranked, like you said, Bortles ranked first in red zone attempts, with first within the 15, within the 10, and he was second within the five-yard line in pass attempts. Uh, yeah. But then there's this, I, I, I pulled this this section from my article. Uh, I'm going to read it real quick if that's, if, if you want to hear my soothing voice for a second. I do, I do. Okay. Since 1984, which was Dan Marino's historic 48 touchdown season, we've had 31 instances where a quarterback has thrown 35 or more touchdowns. Uh, I mentioned earlier that Bortles is one of of 20 to ever hit the mark, but that's because quarterbacks have done it multiple times. So we've 35 or more instances, uh, or 31 or more, uh, 31 instances where a quarterback has thrown uh, 35 or more touchdowns. Of the 27 seasons where we have next season data, so four of those 31 did it this prior season. Um, so we only have 27 instances, only three of them were able to throw more touchdowns the following year. One of them was Peyton Manning from 2012 to 2013, where he had a record breaking year and he threw 18 more touchdowns. One of them was Tom Brady from 2010 to 2011, where he, where he threw three more. And then Brett Favre from 1995 to 1996, where he threw one more among these 27 occurrences, the average drop off from one year to the next among players who were healthy and playing the following season is over 10 touchdowns, 10, which basically, you know, I'm not, I'm not projecting that Blake Bortles throws only 25 this year, but it certainly should not surprise you if he only throws 25 touchdowns this year. And if Allen Robinson is still seeing, let's say, even if he sees 40% of those touchdowns, that's still not reaching quite reaching what he did last season. That's a huge market share for touchdowns as well. So overall, there's just going to be some regression in this offense. It's not a bad thing though, in terms of real football. 
right? Like, like that probably means that the defense is playing better and that they actually have a running game. Um, sure. So, so I think that's that's why where people might take that the wrong way, um, but but it means that they're probably going to be a little bit more efficient, and that that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that I'm fading the Jaguars' offense completely this season, uh, not at all. And in fact, all the negative stuff that I just said and that you just said about the, that offense and regression and and Allen Robinson. I, th- I still think it would be a fairly huge upset if he were not a top 10 wide receiver this year. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, right. So I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to fade a Rob because he will be a d- disaster. I don't think that that's, that there's any indication that that will happen, but I just think that you're paying such a premium for a guy who took full advantage of what, like I said, a perfect storm. That that's that's kind of the the, the crux of the whole thing. Yeah, I, I totally hear you. Um, I'm gonna just hit on a guy real quick. Uh, Jeremy Hill, as another guy that's more than likely going to regress. Uh, he ranked third in football and carries within the five yard line last year, which helped him. Actually, he scored more touchdowns in 2015 than he did his rookie year in 2014. He scored 11 compared to nine. Wow. Um, and he actually had a one additional one more carry last season than he did his rookie year. Um, you know, I think next season it's very, very possible that the Bengals are more pass-happy uh, than, than they were uh, in 2014. A lot of that has to do with just general game script and, and how efficient they were uh, in general offensively. Um, and, and again, you know, if you, if you chart yards versus touchdowns, if you want to, you know, when I say when you do these exercises and you chart things like yards versus touchdowns, it's just the, the general idea that if you have more yards, that means you're moving around the field more. And if you're moving around the field more, more there's a higher chance that you're going to score a touchdown. Obviously, certain players are utilized in different ways, like Jeremy Hill. But based on his yardage last year, uh, if you take the last five years of running back data and chart rushing touchdowns to rushing yards, Jeremy Hill should have scored... Uh, 5.3 touchdowns rather than the 11 that he had on the ground. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying though, at the same time, I'm not saying that I think that he's just going to, you know, fall off the face of the earth and not be fantasy relevant because we know what his ceiling can be. And, mm-hmm. and the other thing too, is that the, the, the Bengals offense could be a lot different, but this is more of a note that Jeremy Hill's production last year, which is not a surprise, was just insanely, insanely, insanely touchdown dependent. Um, and, and while he, he will be the goal line back for them again this year, I think that he needs to, he obviously needs to pick up his efficiency because his yards per carry dropped by 1.5 yards from his rookie year to his second year, which is, which is hor- horrific. He needs, he, but he absolutely needs to increase that efficiency, uh, to, to kind of combat the fact that he's not going to score 11 touchdowns, at least at the current pace that he has. I could definitely uh, see that. And, you know, uh, I, I remember hearing him last year say a few times that with with the the timeshare back there which you know i think at the end of his rookie year it was not a timeshare if i remember i I think that he was getting the bulk of the work um that with the timeshare he felt like every time he touched the ball he he needed to or he wanted to break the big one and that's he said that that that's why you know he was getting stuffed at the line so often or or he was going sideways and and losing yardage because he was trying to get that 50 yard run on every, on every touch. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if that changes or, or, or if the, or if it stays a fairly equal timeshare between him and Gio Bernard, 
but uh but yeah I, I i don't i don't think he's super attractive at, at his adp right now no and it's one of those situations where he's much more attractive in general in a in a best ball league where he is touchdown dependent you know that he could have a high weekly ceiling but that weekly ceiling might be a little unpredictable and you don't have to worry about that in a best ball league so all right denny next dude i think you got one yeah. more let's hear it i'm i'm staying in the uh, AFC South, uh, that, that wonderful division that we, we all love to watch. Um, Delaney Walker, uh, just, you know, if you look at, at his, you know, really good 2015, don't me, I mean, if you yeah, drafted same. him at, at his ADP, you did really well, um, last year, but, um, you know, he saw 133 targets. I, I, I looked, you know, I, I was doing some research on, on tight end targets a couple months ago and I don't have the notes in front of me, but I think he is only one of three tight ends over the past six seasons to, to see more than 130 uh, targets. And the, and the others are, um, or were Jimmy Graham and Jason Witten, mm-hmm. uh, you know, over, yeah, over had, the past. He did. Have, he had 133 last year. I know that. Yeah. He? Yeah. 133. So, and if you look at his um, his usage for Tennessee the year before, he had 108. Which you know, look, if you know, signing up for 108 tight end targets is not all that hateful. Um, uh, but there's a big difference, obviously, between between 108 and 133. Uh, there's there's also you know the like we've talked about with Tennessee being this um, exotic Smash Mouth uh, yes. disaster in the making. Um, uh, they they were 11th in um, passing play percentage last year. They they passed uh, on 61.9 percent of their plays, uh, and that was not obviously I don't think was by design. So you would think that the you know more near the bottom of the league with you know teams like last year, like for instance uh, Kansas City. Uh, only passed fifty four percent of the time. I, I would guess that Tennessee wants to be in that in that area, uh, and that's that would be obviously bad news for for Delaney Walker, who thrived on volume. You know, I mean his his um uh I don't have it in front of me right now, but his points uh, per target were uh, fairly low uh, among among top tight ends uh, or among t- tight ends in general, and that's because he was just peppered with targets as Tennessee, you know, stunk it up early and often. Uh, so, you know, his last, his, his production from last year is definitely now baked into his ADP for good reason. I get it. I get why, but it just makes, it definitely makes me hesitate when I'm looking at him and say, you know, an MFL 10. Yeah. You know, last year he had 24.7% of the targets in Tennessee and Tennessee now has uh, Kendall Wright's going to be healthier uh, they have Green Beckham in his second season, so he's probably going to demand more targets. They just got Rashard Matthews over the offseason. Justin Hunter's the GOAT. I mean, it's just, there's, there's, <laughs> kidding about the Justin Hunter part. Uh, but, I mean, there's just no way that Delaney Walker gets 24.7% of the targets again, and that alone means that he's going to regress a bit. Um, you know, I, I think even if he hits a, a 20% market share, I, I, it's, it's hard, you know, we, we talked about the Tennessee offense in, in a podcast before, 
where they want to be this smash mouth or exotic smash mouth run first team. I don't know how able they're going to be able to do that, but they're going to be more run heavy than they were last year. So not only is his market share in that offense going to go down, but they're not going to throw as many passes, which just makes, you know, it just multiplies that, that effect even further. So, you know, right now I think he's more of a lower tight end one than an actual like firm tight end one. I I will say the one thing that, that, kind of jumps off the page when you're looking at uh, his his uh, stats from last year. At, out of all those targets, 133 targets, and the guy caught six touchdowns. So, uh, you know, he – I think it's – I guess it's possible for a guy of his profile, of his size, to make up for the lack of volume maybe with, with a little more touchdown scoring. Um, but I, you know, I wouldn't bank on that. Uh, you know, I don't – again, like Robinson – I don't think Walker is going to be some, you know, debacle that sinks your team. I just think that there will be, there are and will be better tight end values out there. Yeah. Well, Denny, the last guy I want to talk about is also in the AFC South because why not? Uh, I think, I think that this one is probably going to be a little bit more confusing um, to some people because I've, I've, I've tweeted about it in like the most basic way possible and I are you know I took hate for it so for instance we're doing this MFL 10 of death and our boy Rich Rich Rebar took Des Bryant fifth overall and I wanted Des Bryant sixth overall and I tweeted that I had to settle for this guy DeAndre Hopkins um and everyone's like oh I think DeAndre Hopkins is better than 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 Des you got the better pick blah 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 I, I don't think so. I think Des Bryant is is the better the better option this year. This year, I think I think DeAndre Hopkins is probably a top. Like basically, it wouldn't surprise me if DeAndre Hopkins is more like a top ten wide receiver rather than a top five wide receiver. And while that doesn't seem significant, it kind of is because we're talking about an early first round investment versus you know maybe a second round investment, which is which is huge. So let me just break this down and let you and, and kind of explain why. Uh, I feel this way about DeAndre Hopkins. So he finished with 331 PPR points last year, which is fourth best at wide receiver, which is why he's being drafted where he's being drafted. Um, <clears throat> but from weeks one through six, uh, let, let me let me kind of break this down into two, into two parts because if you recall, the 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 Texans defense was putrid to start last year. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. You remember oh, when they yeah. were like they they were horrible, and then they had that Miami game where they got smoked in the first half, 35 nothing. And then the Texans, and then the Texans started to show, to to show some signs of life in the second half. And then ever since that point, they they had started to get better. So I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to pinpoint as to why they got better or anything like that. The fact is, is they got better, and there are, are crazy ramifications for that for DeAndre Hopkins. So from weeks one through six, Hopkins in PPR in PPR leagues, he ranked at the wide receiver second, 48th, 12th, 5th, 1st, and 1st in weekly scoring. The reason he ranked 48th that one week is because he played Josh Norman, okay? So he was a top five, he was a top five wide receiver in four of his first six weeks of the season, which is absurd. In those games, in those games, he saw 13, 11, 14, 22, 14, and 15 targets. That averages out to 14.83 targets per game, which is absurd. And even without that 22 target game, that's 13.4 targets per game. And I did an average, not median, because I don't want median Twitter to come after me. <laughs> no, um, you never want median Twitter in your mentions. No. So, so the reason I bring that up, that uh, up into that point, that week six, you know, they played the Dolphins week seven. That game was just kind of weird, so I kind of excluded that from the data. 
Through week six, Houston's defense ranked 21st in the NFL adjusted for strength of schedule according to number fire metrics, okay? Uh, week seven, again, was that game against Miami where the Dolphins were up 35 nothing. After week seven, Hopkins ranked 12th, 16th, 1st, 51st, 14th, 52nd, 26th, and 6th in weekly PPR wide receiver ranks through week 16. Over that time, he never saw more than 12 targets in a single game where... Mm-hmm. And that those first six games, he averaged 14.83 targets per game. He didn't, he didn't see more than 12 targets in a single game, and he averaged under 10 targets per game from weeks after weeks, so from weeks 8 through 16. And why? Well, because the Texans were forced to throw the ball uh, less because the Texans or they were, the Texans were forced to, to uh, throw the ball less because the, defen- the Texans defense got better. Wow, that was. Horribly said. I apologize. You guys can tell me to, to delete my account. Um, essentially, game script became positive for the Texans. The Texans' defense got better. They didn't have to throw as much. I mean, you, you even look at through that Miami game. Again, that was week seven. The Texans had a pass-to-run ratio of 1.79, which ranked behind only Detroit, New England, San Diego, and New Orleans for insanely pass-heavy teams, right? They finished the season 20th in pass-to-run ratio. Denny... After that Miami game, the Texans had a 1.11 pass-to-run ratio, which compare that to a 1.79 pass-to-run ratio from weeks one through seven. Like, that's crazy. Wow. Wow. I didn't know it was that drastic. That is un- unreal. Wow. And, and it's not – I mean, it, it literally goes hand-in-hand hand with when DeAndre Hopkins was not DeAndre Hopkins that we saw at the beginning of the season – and the fact of the matter is, a lot of times people hold on to what happens at the beginning of seasons. Perfect example of this is when Steve Smith went off a couple of years ago, and uh, and Torrey Smith in the second half of the season was was like was very very solid as a fantasy asset. But everyone remembers Steve Smith Steve Smith's crazy season, even though he dropped off, and Torrey Smith was just as effective. It just happened this, the second half of the season, so our perception didn't necessarily fit reality. So. I think the thing is with DeAndre Hopkins is, I mean, if you think the Texans' defense is not going to be good and you think that they signed Lamar Miller to not run the football, then sure, draft, draft DeAndre Hopkins as the number three, four wide receiver. I, you know, my, I, I think that he's, you know, I have him ranked as, as about a wide receiver six, wide receiver seven. I even took him that way in that MFL 10. But I, I don't go into that thinking that it's, it's, it's a locked-in thing because it's not. The Texans are going to, to run the ball. They're going to play good defense. And as we saw last season, that really, really negatively affected DeAndre Hopkins. Sure, sure. And I also think that people will, will, will look at uh, you know, the fact that Hopkins produced with you know, Brian Hoyer throwing him the ball right. during that But Brian and, Hoyer was efficient. And, like, and he was well, and Ryan moderate- Right, right. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, but, well, I'm but just, he had bad quarterbacks, and he's right, dead. right. But I think the thing is with that is that like Brian Hoyer at the end of the day, like if you look at like he wasn't he wasn't that bad. So if they if if people think that an upgrade with a potential upgrade with Osweiler means that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be so much better and so much more efficient than he, I mean, he might be more efficient because he's not going to be peppered with twenty two targets in a game, but like. I'm not, I'm not overly, I mean, this might be hot takey, but like Brian Hoyer at times last year is arguably, at, at, look, Brian Hoyer at times last year, not Brian Hoyer in totality, is arguably just as good as what Brock Osweiler might yeah. be this season, right? 
Is is Osweiler good? Does anyone right? Know? That's what I'm saying. Like I like we don't we don't know if Brock Osweiler is good. We have no idea if this is like an immediate obvious upgrade. I think it would be over like a mallet or whatever. But like Brian Hoyer, Brian Hoyer is like a poor man's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like he, he's in terms of of what he can do for a team and what he can do for an offense. He wasn't that 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 terrible last season. And sure, that might be hot takey, but I'll throw numbers at you if you want to argue with me on Twitter. No, no, I I don't think it's hot takey at all. Anyone who says that Brock Osweiler is a clear uh, a, a clear upgrade over what they had last year, I mean, maybe it's an upgrade, but I I, I don't know. There's nothing in in Osweiler's small sample size to say absolutely he brings a whole right. new element to DeAndre Hopkins, you know, potential. That's that's. I kind mean, of it, a... would, it look. Let me let me say it, it'll surprise me if he plays worse than Brian Hoyer. Sure. But like it's not out of this like world to think that there's a possibility that Brock Osweiler is terrible. Yeah, it, exactly. And you know, I, I maybe maybe we're we're building a, a bit of a straw man here because maybe there's no one out there except for right. you know insane, te- insane Houston Texans fans who think that Brock Osweiler will be this great quarterback. But I I just yeah that that that, that argument doesn't hold up for me. Just pointing to the new quarterback and saying, see, you know, yeah. Yeah, so those are the those are the guys. There's five of them. They're all in the AFC South except for Jeremy Hill. The four in the AFC South are Delaney Walker, DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, and Blake Bortles. The thing is, I think you know there's a possibility that both of us probably could end up own in certain leagues owning Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins, just because they are like you know we're not saying that they're worthless players at all. It's more so that some people are going to expect way more than they should out of those players. Uh, but I, I don't. I know I'm not going to own Bortles this year. I know that, just just yeah. given his ADP, and I know that I'm probably not going to own Delaney Walker. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm probably not going to have Walker anywhere. But Bortles is pretty much off the off the board for me. Yeah. All right. Those are regression, Denny. We we have uh, some some hilarious questions this week. I saw. Yeah, people brought the questions. Thank you, guys. That was yeah. very like. Good. We're gonna have we're gonna have a good time right now. We're gonna hit the, hit the Twitter questions as we do. First one is from at Kremitz. We need to talk. We need to talk about at CD Carter thirteen and his incredibly correct opinions about ice cream cake being the only good cake. I I I, I favorited this to, to bring this up on the podcast because I mean I gotta give you props, man. Like that was that was easily easily the best food take that's ever come from your account. Hey, look, I have one good tweet per 90 days on Twitter, and, and that, that was it for this 90-day period. This is probably the last time anyone will ever agree with me on a food take, but honestly, the reason I tweeted that is because my brother-in-law celebrated his birthday on Tuesday, and we ate ice cream cake, and I just thought to myself, why do other do why does anyone get anything besides ice cream cake? Right. You're, you're totally right. It, it, it's the you know i i feel like cake is almost a punishment you know to 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 eat after you know okay, so, you know, okay. So like, now now you're getting hot takey wait wait a second wait no okay a, a punishment a punishment is like go to your room it's not hey you know what xavier you were bad eat some cake <laughs> no, but, oh well no no xavier is a is a cake addict so that that doesn't <laughs> uh water but I, I i'll say that that i feel obligated I feel obligated to choke down a slice of red velvet cake or whatever it is, and that's garbage. 
Yeah. Okay. So th- this is my this is the the take that I have on this because it's the correct one, and I guarantee you, ninety five percent of the people that are listening to this podcast will agree with me. Ice cream cake is easily, easily the best cake, right? Easily. Yeah. But. I don't think I, I, I am I think most people are neutral to above average, if you will, towards regular cake. If they were to have a slice of regular cake, they'd take a bite and they say, Hmm, this is pretty good cake. Like if they go to a wedding and there's cake going around, I mean obviously you're probably drinking, so the cake is freaking delicious. But right, even but but even but even if you're stone sober, which would suck at a to, to be stone sober at a wedding, the the, the cake would still taste okay. It would, it would be good. You would, you would take a bite of that cake and be like, okay, this isn't bad. You don't have to eat. I'm not saying, because like eating the whole cake, like I remember being young and like thinking like the icing was the best part, right? Like it was like the, the goat part. Eating icing now is, is kind of like a lot of icing is kind of like eventually getting to the point where you're like eating gasoline. Oh, yeah. No, it's right? gross. And <laughs> I'll, I'll say, yeah, no, no, no. Icing is, icing is gross. It's disgusting. It should be banned across the country. I, and when listen, when I used to work in an office, and we used to have those godforsaken office birthday parties where you would have to sit in a room with you know eight people, six of whom you would like to punch in the neck, and you know, and and, and the other the other one or two you know you're just neutral on, and you know you have to sit there listen to them sing happy birthday to you which is excruciating because they know you they you hate they hate you and and then you eat a sheet cake from the local grocery store that is garbage that is a terrible terrible way to celebrate a birthday I, I I actually used to ask the HR person please please HR person don't don't do a, a birthday for me this year I don't want to do that and she would all, always surprise me with you know, a, a terrible, horrendous sheet cake with with two inches of icing on top of the, uh, uh, right. you know, oh, God, it's so gross. I mean, if we're being honest, too, like, if you're going to go cake, like, cookie cakes are pretty freaking good. Yeah, they're not bad. They're, they're, they're good. Ice cream cake, it goes ice cream cake, cookie cake, regular cake. I think, I think we're on the same page there. Yeah, uh, carrot cake is up there for me. Uh, this next one is at Bo dot dot. He said, uh, what's your favorite Dr. Seuss nonsense word? I don't, I don't know Dr. Seuss anymore. I don't have children yet. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I, I don't know any. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, well, that was bad. Next one at, uh, at a game of throws. He says, is there an alternate reality where Jordy caught the ball and CD Carter 13 likes all foods? There is. Why don't you remind? Why don't you? Why don't you remind people about the Jordy? The Jordy play. The Jordy drop. Uh, Green Bay was playing against the Bills uh, two years ago, in I, I believe it was Championship Week for fantasy purposes, and um, Jordy Nelson dropped what would have been a ninety-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, I I had him in two leagues. Um, uh, that you know, in, on two teams that made the championship. So essentially, long story short, I lost both of those titles because Jordy dropped that one. And then you know, someone once once pointed out that he dropped uh, he dropped a twenty yard touchdown in the first quarter of that game. So uh, that the Jordy drop will live forever in my memory. I will never ever forget it, and I will never stop scream crying in the shower over it. Right, so that's that's probably a very key reason that your account on Twitter is so horrific. Well, I was never the same. 
after that. Just right, right. Uh, this next one is at John underscore Alardo in a two QB league. What is the latest round to draft the first QB? Um, just you know, we might not, we'll probably have to rehash quarterback strategy and stuff again this uh, this off season, but uh, before the season starts. But I mean, it, there's no there's no round per se. But I, I think I, I will say just overall, you can wait longer than you think you can in two QB leagues. I um I don't have a ton of two QB experience, uh, but I have been I have gotten too cute with taking my first quarterback and um, and paid the price. But like JJ said, it's there. We can't say you know well definitely the fourth round. I you know because it just depends on on how quickly your lead mates are pooping in the pants, basically. Right. Right. Next one at Eddie underscore straight. Choose one. Listen to Denny's breaking bad take without responding or having brunch with JJ Watt and listening to his workout plan. Uh, definitely the JJ Watt scenario. Wait, you picked that over. Yeah. I can't listen to you talk about breaking bad. (laughs) (laughs) I can't deal with that. It's like the goat show and you just, just gonna trash it. I can't handle that. I'd at least maybe I'd I'd at least maybe get like some takeaway about JJ Watt's workout and be like, oh, I can incorporate that with one of my random runs that I take around my neighborhood. Well, well, they, but you can also eat while you listen to JJ Watt drone right. on on about his stupid workout. Right, and it's and it's brunch or breakfast. Either either way, yeah, it's brunch. I mean, brunch is is arguably the best meal on the planet. So you can't, I mean, it doesn't like, that's, so, that's such a better scenario than listening to you just, just like, just spew garbage out of your mouth about Breaking Bad. I mean, it's, it's a fine show. It's, it is a, it is a show that was on TV. That's what I can say about it. It's about uh, it no, it's, it's, it's a good show. Next one at DSN DLR. What's the difference in mood between Denny and JJ over the pens beating the caps? Uh. Uh, ambivalence versus sheer ecstasy. Yeah, last night was ecstasy in my living room. It was crazy. It's like just, just insane. I'm doing this. Uh, I don't know if I told. I don't know if I've said this, but I'm doing this like thing where I'm taking a one second video of my life every day, and then I'm combining it into this video at the end of the year. And you have like yep. 365 seconds of your life. Yeah, it's it's a cool app, right? It's called One Second Every Day, and they didn't even sponsor this, so I should get money for that. Uh, but uh. <laughs> I got so last night. So that game last night was like, I know you don't like hockey, but we were up. The Penguins were up three nothing. They lost the 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 lead. They went into overtime, and the Penguins scored in overtime. And when they scored in overtime, I not only woke up my wife upstairs, like from my screaming, not because I ran upstairs and like started shaking her and saying, "Wake up!" The Penguins just won in overtime. But I I grabbed my phone. And I took a one took a video of my celebration. I'm not going to put it on on the internet because it's not that's not a smart. I would be get, just get crying Jordan like crazy. But it's just this. It's just it would be, even though they won, I would still get crying Jordan. <laughs> but, which, by the way, Matt Harmon, we took that picture of us, Denny, at uh, in DC, and the instant we tweeted, or I tweeted it out, Matt Harmon. Put a put a freaking crying Jordan meme on me after the Penguins had lost the Capitals that night. Uh, but anyway, I have a I have a video of me like right after they'd scored the overtime goal, and it was just like I was like a child in this video. But it's going to be part of my compilation. Oh man, I want to see that. Can I see that when it's all done? Yeah, I'll put it on. I'll put it online. I'll put it on Facebook and then share it on Twitter. I don't care if people see it. 
Oh, cool. It's not, it's All right. I have, it's not like I have like nudies in there. <laughs> Sorry, I had, to, I, had to, I had to bring up nudies again. Just well, you, you, you can't get you can't get enough nudie drops. It, <laughs> we're sponsored by nudiedrops.net, by the way. Um, you uh, and if there are, it's only one second, so it's all right. Yeah, yeah, it's only a second. You can't yeah. see anything. Whatever happens. Uh, the next one at JP Gibbs. This is a good question. If CD Carter Thirteen had a cooking show, what would he call it? Mm. I, I think I, I don't know. Like delete the kitchen. No, well that that that's actually a good one. I was gonna say something along lines of uh, uh, eat to survive. Like I, you know, that's that's, that's like my mantra with food. Like when my stomach tells my brain that it needs, it needs food, I give it food, but then that's it. But how, so how awesome would this show be though? (laughs) So you're like, you're like an expert, you're like, oh, here's how you make this, this quiche, right? And you're like, you're like, oh, take, take this and then just throw it in the trash. (laughs) Like like everything you just throw in the trash, all the ingredients. You take the flour and you carefully pour it directly into the trash can. (laughs) Then you crack the eggs and dump and pour the eggs into the trash can. (laughs) (laughs) Then then take the trash bag and put it outside on your curb. Right. And. And then open up the almond can and eat three, <laughs> three handfuls of almonds, and that's your lunch. <laughs> Don't forget the seltzer water. All right. Uh, yeah. Next one is at Knuckle Pop. He says, "Will will spend Will you spend five to ten minutes to recap this evening, please?" Also, is JJ wearing rollerblades in this photo? The photo of us. I'm just. I'm taller than Denny. Don't don't hate on that. Oh no! Yeah, no. He's JJ towers over me. I, uh, JJ six one. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, six one. Six so one. you're six one, and I I have been telling people that I'm five ten for about ten years, and that's that's probably just not true. I mean, I, I probably am not five ten. I think I think you're five ten, except for when I'm on my tippy toes. So JJ has a has a uh, has a good you know three four inches on me. Yeah, I mean to 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 recap the night, it was we went to this bar with friends. We already talked about this with friends of mine, and Denny met up with us, and we had a good old time drinking some beer, yeah, and t- talking about things. Yeah, tell them what beer I drank. You drank Peroni. Peroni. You did. You did. You did not. I think that you did that on purpose, just to say that you weren't drinking Miller Lite. Because by the way, all I did on Saturday from three p.m. to two a.m. was drink Bud Light. Right, and you uh, and you got me a Bud Light because they didn't have any Miller at that's the bar, true. which is that's an abomination. Oh, what yeah, is that, that? I mean, to me, it's 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 euphoria. But I, I I get it, I get it. It was a good time. I also went to the to the steps afterwards, which oh, was awesome. The steps There's of this, the library. It's this. I think it's the art the art museum. Where they, right. it's like right across from the, the the McDonald's that's underneath the Verizon Center. So they that's where that's where Penguins fans go when they beat the Capitals after the games and they just start chanting things like "Let's go Pens" or like like Ovechkin sucks or whatever. And I I wanted to experience that. I wanted to experience us winning, closing out the series. Obviously, I mean that was probably not going to happen just because it's not the way things work in hockey. You usually don't close them out on the road like that. But at at after eating McDonald's and then at like two 30 in the morning, me and my buddy went to the steps and we chanted, let's go pens. So I still did it. 
And that, that video that you have of it is hilarious. I died when I watched <laughs> this it. This is because it's so pathetic. I, I, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was so lonely. And, was. and there was nobody out, right? I mean, the, the city was empty at 2.30, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were, there, were people, there were people at the McDonald's, but there was no one walking around for the most part. I was, I was, I you know, looking back, I probably should have been a little frightened. But what what, what percentage of, of people at McDon at that McDonald's were intoxicated? Ninety nine. Uh, I mean, pro- probably even the coworker, or even the workers were. Right, right, right. I I just I figured it's just it's impossible. Like like you're uh you know you're you're at that point in the night it's what it's been six hours since you've eaten dinner, so right. and you're... I've only I probably had like twenty Bud Lights in my body that day. And the right, the alcohol is blocking the receptors in your brain that communicate with your stomach, so you have no idea if you if you even are full or hungry or whatever. So you're just stuffing your face. Right, right, right. That's all we did. Next one. This is also a good one. This is at Hey Now underscore fifteen. Who would win if JJ and Denny reenacted this goat commercial? The commercial is the Crossfire commercial. You know Crossfire. Cross- you don't know Crossfire. You mean like the show on CNN? <laughs> I mean, I mean the '90s game where you have like the marbles that you shoot across at each other, and the, the oh, one. Do you remember? So I didn't really play Crossfire, but little known fact: there's like there's like two things I'm good at. One of them is, and I think we've talked about this as well on the podcast. I can re- I remember commercials, TV show themes. Anything like that from the '90s? Cor- I remember f- like third and fourth and fifth grade chorus songs that I sang from the yes. '90s. It's really it's 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 annoying because I'm I'm wasting my brain, right? <laughs> like I, like because of those chorus songs, I was I was I'm, I can't I can't talk right now or when I was talking about DeAndre Hopkins because of those freaking chorus songs. But right. the Crossfire when I was watching that, you know, you know how it, like Crossfire, you get caught up in the. <laughs> That commercial. It's a great commercial. I would whoop your ass at that. You know I would whoop your ass. Yeah, I guess you would because I don't even know what you're talking about right now. So right. Well, people people will appreciate that. They'll they'll be happy. Uh, I thought you next, guys were Carlson's huh? show CNN from back in the day. No. No. What? No. 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 Next one. At Zach underscore Dennis. Are you guys going to sue Toyota over those Gaffigan commercials? Hashtag dad brand. Oh yeah. Yeah. What's up with that? I mean, obviously someone's listening to the podcast and taking their ideas back to uh, the headquarters of whatever company that is. That's I know that. I mean, next, next thing we know, Toyota is going to be sponsoring Justin Perillo. <laughs> right. Is, or, or is, he's, he's going to be in their commercials r- running. No, seriously though, if there, no, seriously, if there's a dad runner commercial out there at, at any point, then I mean, I think we have to hire attorneys, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. We we have it. I I have it in that that Roto World blurb, and I tweeted it out a couple of days ago, or like a week ago, when they first when when Dad Running went mainstream for the first time, where it says that uh, Jake Ballard. It was when Jake Ballard was like retiring or whatever, and it said that uh, late round QBs. Now that's when I owned late, like when I was actually writing on LateRoundQB.com. Late round QBs, JJ Zacharyson. And, has compared Jake Ballard to Cam Cleland and a dad. Right, right. A cross between those two. Yes, yes. It was great. It, it was the, that, that's one of the greatest blurbs of all time. Yeah. 
This next one, at Fitz underscore 843. Who do you think wins the NFC East next season? I wish I, I could kick I don't I know. Say, I, I, I'm going to say the Cowboys. All because of Ezekiel Elliott, baby. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, well, you're a Cowboys hater, so that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I know. People are going to be confused. No, I think the Cowboys are going to win that. I mean, let's just say it definitely won't be the Eagles. Um, yeah, it, it, to me, it comes down to the to Washington and Dallas. But I, I think yeah. Dallas. I think Dallas is going to take it. Uh, I'm gonna, this, you're going to say Washington. Yeah. I'm going to say Washington, just just because. Okay. Next one at White Wheat Tweet. Which is more frightening, Jags Twitter or Ezekiel Elliott first round Twitter? Nothing compares to Jags Twitter. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, in the moment, Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott Twitter Twitter was more vicious, but overall, just like on a sustainable in a sustainable way, uh, long term way, Jags Twitter is way way meaner. Yeah. When I when I said something negative about Blake Bortles the one day on Twitter and all of Jags Twitter attacked me, I had to like leave Twitter for a day. Like that's how that's how rough they are. No, they're they're well, they're so hurt, you know, and, and rightfully so. I mean, they've been the laughing stock of the league for ten years or more. So, uh, you know, I, I get it, but wow, do, do not say anything bad about Blake Bortles. That's for sure. Yeah. So basically, don't listen to this podcast, Jacksonville fans. Um, sure. This next one is from at PGH Pittsburgh, Dave and at, and at, you know, the and at stuff with Pittsburgh, right? How they say, right. and at, how they say and at, at the end of stuff. Uh, could you discuss early, discuss early round positional strategy you've been going with so far? Um, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily like a zero RB truther. Um, I think there's a lot of good logic behind it. I've talked to Sean about it a lot. Sean Siegel, who created it essentially, or made it a thing. Um, but I think the the reason you go wide receiver heavy this season is not just because uh, of what happened to running backs last year. I think, you know, to me, I've been trying to get a good mix of the two positions, running back and wide receiver early, uh, and, and just kind of going by what I see as value in the in, in drafts. But, but a, a big reason you need to force yourself to take wide receivers is the position is not very deep. It's just not a deep position this year. Mm-hmm. That that's really why I, I think more than anything else you should be going after wide receivers earlier. I mean, there there's reason wide receivers early is not just because of you know value based drafting principles where this guy's so much better than this guy, therefore you take him. You get elite wide receivers because you're getting consistent production from an inherently volatile position. I say that all the time in this podcast, but it's true. Uh, but the fact that it's not very deep this year just adds to the fact that you do need to get them earlier. Yeah, I, I find myself chasing the position of wide receiver like like an animal at, for the entire draft. If I don't get, if I you know, if, if don't I don't feel go, good, yeah. If, huh? if you don't feel if you don't feel good about that core at the beginning of the draft, yeah. I mean, you just you just I just feel like you're just scraping by in the middle rounds, just just hoping that you can just you know pile up enough. For you. I'm just talking about MFL ten, so right. we're talking about best ball in the in this circumstance. But I find myself, yeah. I mean, I in the in the most recent MFL ten I'm in, or the NFL, MFL ten of death. I I picked five wide receivers off the bat. Yeah, so. yeah. That that's the most. I mean, if you guys want to see a very wide receiver heavy draft, then uh, definitely, definitely go check out the MFL ten of death. We've been tweeting the link out like the last couple of days, and it's just 
It's absolutely absurd. It's crazy. A lot of teams going zero RB. Um, <clears throat> Denny, this is an, an interesting one. This is from at Frollo six two five. He said, "What's the origin story of delete your account, Denny?" Mm. Good, good, that, good cue right there. That you know, that's yeah, that's a great question. It's been so long. I, I it's like he's just been he's just been told this his whole life. Right. I mean, yeah, when I when I was in grade school, you know, my teacher would say you didn't do so well in the spelling test. Please delete your account. Um, right. uh, gosh, I think I think it was, you know, it started when the first off season that I decided to, like, be myself on Twitter or be, you know, be something besides like football guy, you know, like mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to be tweeting, you know, tight end stats in in March. So I decided to just tweet about whatever and and people will you know a lot, a lot of people were turned off and i got so i got a lot of people jokingly saying delete your account and then for real saying it so i can't i guess it was like two or three years ago but i don't remember like a specific jumping off point for oh my god denny please get rid of this account right right i got you uh this next one is at rodney juice he says would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 15 duck-sized horses they say rodney juice rodney juice yes okay you you want some of that rodney juice (laughs) whoa 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 family podcast um (laughs) it's definitely the one horse-sized duck one not even close you don't want you don't want all these like 15 horses coming at you Wait, a horse-sized duck. Yes, versus 15 duck-sized horses. Uh gosh. Uh I mean that's honestly that's terrifying. The the thought of a duck that size is really horrifying. Yeah, but you can fight it. With How what? is this a question? Like You're, a golf club? I don't know. How do you fight 15 duck-sized horses running at you? <laughs> With what? With your feet. You kick or something, right? What, what do you think? It's like a video game where you're just going to Chun-Li kick these guys out of the way? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I guess I'll go with the, the one big-ass duck. Yeah, good. Uh, this next one, we, we, have a, we, we have a lot. We have a lot. Might have to skip some. Um, at Rejected Papers, when Denny's... When Denny dies and stands before St. Peter, will he just read Denny's Twitter feed out loud, then condemn him to hell? Yeah. I thought that's pretty that's pretty deep, man. It's pretty dark. The, the, um, that's a that's a tweet that would, you know, also make my dad die. So this was also a pretty good question. At uh Didymus, he says, uh how did Denny come up with genius idea to rename Bud to America, making Miller Light into anti America? <laughs> That is, that is, that is something. So what, what, so for those of you who don't know, I think, but Bud, Bud Light or Bud Weiser decided Bud to Weiser call it. Bud Weiser is yeah, America. Beer America. Right. And because there's no trademark on America, amazingly, there's not, a, anyway. Uh, so what do we call it now? So if you, if you want a Budweiser, do you say, can I have a, an America? I <laughs> I guess it's it's very odd, right? I mean, this isn't even Donald Trump's America yet, and we're and we're renaming beers America. Yeah, it's crazy, right? 
Uh, this next one's good. At TJ Hernandez, our guy, our, our boy TJ says, rank from best to worst: Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Waterboy. Mm. I go, I go, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Waterboy. Yep, yep, absolutely. Waterboy is just atrociously bad. bad. So bad. Waterboy is a bad, bad movie. It's almost it, as bad as Little Nicky. Oh my god! Oh my. <laughs> right? it's such a bad such an awful movie just an awful movie if anyone I, likes it don't listen to this podcast ever again I, like, I know I know people our age people my age specifically have an attachment to Adam Sandler because we loved him back you know when he was yeah. young and sure. his his stick was funny. funny but my god he is an abomination now yeah he it, got really he got really bad his his movies are are unwatchable dreck it just terrible terrible across the board and yeah but this has he's been making bad movies for a really long time including little nikki which i saw in the theater oh my god that's that's what he's done he, he's done so many just just like incredibly average movies just incredibly average i you know i don't necessarily always categorize them as like bad right like like they're watchable. They're they're watchable on a Saturday morning when you wake up and you just don't. You might not have anything to do. But when you're high. <laughs> like there there are movies that are just like easy to watch that like you don't have to care about. But they're still pretty average to bad. Like he's not very good. Oh, we we agree on that. Uh, next question at G men underscore dynasty. What's the better Super Bowl long shot Vikings or Cowboys? They're both at 21, 22 to one. My God, people, people want the Vikings to be good. Yeah. So hard. I, I, I don't, I look, you, you are not going to the Super Bowl with Teddy Bridgewater and a run first offense. You're not, it's just not that, happening. Look, people their Twitter is so hungry for the Vikings. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. Oh my God. I've never seen just a collective, like, like willing of a team. Please God, please let Teddy Bridgewater not be terrible. Please let, let us see a defense win a championship. Please let Adrian Peterson. I mean, what are you, are you kidding me? I, I, I don't, I just don't see it at all. I don't get it. I, I don't either. I, Adrian Peterson's had a top 10 offense in his career once. And it was with Brett Favre, that, that crazy Brett Favre year. Look, guys, Teddy Bridgewater is a game manager. That's what he is, uh, and that's fine, but it's not Super Bowl fine. No. It's just not. He's going to have to have an anomaly Andy Dalton type type year for them to, to to do this. It's easily Dallas in that scenario. Easily. E- like, easily. A- anytime, anytime you have an up-in-the-air bet like that to win the Super Bowl, which team has the better quarterback? It's that simple. That's not even like a – I know that you're going to hear that on like a radio show in, tomorrow morning, but like it's the fact. It's true. That's the only thing that radio people get right is that quarterbacks drive the league. People people just want the Vikings to be the greatest team of all time, and I don't understand it at all. No. Next one, at Beer and Blank, she says – this is from Melinda, who's in our league. Uh, are Denny's food takes set in stone at this point or – point in his life or is he open to new things like would you eat would you, let me ask you this do you like like non-american you know whether it's indian cuisine whether it's vietnamese like do you do you like trying and and, and eating other foods I, I don't like trying new food but i i will i will if if i'm like forced to have it like i 
uh, like two years ago, I tried Thai food for the first time. It turns out it's pretty damn good. Yeah, Thai food's delicious. Um, you, you know, by by uh, relation, I eat a lot of Greek food because my wife's family is Greek and they make amazing Greek food and it's really good. And so I think that I eat a lot of food that people might not think that I would eat, but I eat them in very plain ways. Okay. Like I'm not like, like smothering them in whatever, you know, you might put on certain foods to make them super tasty. That's just obviously, as you know, not my thing, but to answer Melinda, to answer Melinda, my tastes are pretty set in stone. I'll just say that. You probably get pad thai and give a, a level zero uh, uh, spiciness. Oh, I definitely do that. Yeah. You're a level. You're a level zeroer. I mean, I don't love super spicy food, but you gotta have some kick. What, I, like, no. do you like? Have you have you have you had? Let's say this. Have you had Indian? I I had my uh, my best friend growing up was Indian. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> well, okay, so you can make fun yeah. of Indians now because you have a best friend that was Indian. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I, uh, I came home from sleepovers uh, at my friend's house smelling like a, a curry. I thought you were so going to say covered in curry. Yeah, well, maybe covered as well, but yeah, smelling like curry. So anytime I, I smell <laughs> curry, I think of watching, um, uh, I think of watching uh, Tales from the Crypt uh, <laughs> with, with my friends uh, yes. at midnight. Wow, cool sleepovers, bro. Yeah, I don't know, that's that's pretty much my sleepover story. Can I go back to Happy Gilmore real quick, real just one for one second? Sure. There's a there's a part in there where Ben Stiller is a nurse, and he is oh yeah, but he's yelling at Happy Gilmore's grandmother. Grandma, yeah. We used to have that that movie on VHS. Okay, so this is back in the day, and my dad used to rewind the part where Ben Stiller yells yells. Uh, she asked for a warm glass of milk. He says, how about I give you a warm glass of shut the hell up? And <laughs> rewound that part and watched it like seriously 40 times in a row and just laughed hysterically. Like, like a, like some sort of like, ant, like monkey would just, would just sit there and laugh like, like a, like an insane person. And uh, he did that over and over and over. And so I just left, like left the room and he's still, falling over there watching Ben Stiller say, why don't you get a, why don't I get you a warm glass of shut the hell up? <laughs> Can we talk about how that Ben Stiller plays that character in like every, <clears throat> and then like every other movie, like, like heavyweights, remember heavyweights and then yeah. dodgeball. It was the same guy. Like he just does. That's his character. I mean, good for that's him. It. He's making money off of it. I mean, just like, just like your character. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> totally just kidding. Uh, next one at Dixon Steel one, who makes a better middle school principal if coaching football doesn't work out? Jack Jack Del Rio or Mike Zimmer? That's a really good question. I think it's Mike Zimmer. Yeah, it's got to be Zimmer. Yeah. Also, even though that's, Zimmer hates analytics. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing though, too, if we think about it, like, what's I mean, Zimmer's never going to be a principal after he wins the Super Bowl this year. Oh right. Well, that goes without saying. I guess. Yeah, we forgot about that. Uh, two more at John Boyd 11. Why will you be voting for Trump this November? Let's Wait, just, is that a question? For yeah, we'll skip that. Next one at Tampa two tone. What's your strategy when forced to pick between bottom of the barrel streamers? This is too, this is too strategic right now Too fantasy football strategic. Yeah. I mean, that's a question we can get to in July or something. Yeah. Yeah. Teaser. That's our teaser for, for 
for follow-up episodes. That's the last question, though. Can I uh, can I quickly share something uh, to celebrate the upcoming Friday the 13th? Yeah. I, a long time ago, with my friend Marielle, who you may see on Twitter once in a while, we, we created a ranking system for Friday the 13th movies in which we used three categories with a scoring system for each category. And we, we did a ranking based on, based on each movie's uh, kills, the, you know, the quality of kill, uh, the characters, very important, and the fun slash campiness of, of each movie. Uh, I'm going to cut to the chase and just say that perfect scores went to, I'm sorry, the only perfect score went to part five, uh, Friday the 13th, part five. So you have that, then you have part three finished high, part two finished, finished, uh, third. And then the worst one, according to us was part, <laughs> was part eight, part eight, which was Jason goes to Manhattan. Wait, so how, how many, how many parts are there? Well, um, there are 10 and then there's the re the reboot from 2009, which is, uh, it had some potential overall. It was hashtag not good, uh, because they made it so, so serious. Of course it was Michael Bay. So it was just like a huge production with lots of, you know, lots of like horrific kills, but like sad kills. Like, like don't, don't make horror sad. That's the one thing that I, yeah. that I hate. Don't make it set. Make it fun. Like if someone needs to have their head chopped off, there's a fun way to do that. You, right. you don't, you don't want to have it. You know, you don't want to feel like you're watching a, a, an ISIS hostage video. I can't believe right. it. Right. No, 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 you're right. You're right. You can't, you can't relate that to real life so deeply. Don't make it. Yes. You, you don't have to have, you know, some like a teenager, like crawling on the ground, you know, gushing blood everywhere, like pleading for their life. That's just like that's sad and and terrible and no one. If you want to see that, you're you're a, a, a psychopath or a sociopath, right. and you know. So make it fun, please, for the love of God. If you're making, if you're remaking a movie, Friday the Thirteenth, whatever, make it fun. But anyway, if you're watching a Friday the Thirteenth movie this Friday the Thirteenth, try Part Five. Just try it out. Let me know if I should delete my account or if it was the greatest thing you've ever seen. Wow. All right. There's, there's a good endorsement. All right, Denny. Well, before we head out, why don't you let everyone know where they can tweet at you and find you so that they can tell you to delete your account. How, how bad that movie was. Uh, it's at CD Carter 13 and uh, check out draftdayconsultants.com If you have a, a dynasty rookie draft coming up in May or June. And I am JJ Zacharyson. You can find me on Twitter at late round QB. Uh, check out numberfire.com. Lots of stuff. Finally ramping up some football content uh, for sure. There'll be a lot more coming. Maybe I'll write up about why I hate DeAndre Hopkins so much. Uh, we'll see though. All right, guys. Th- th- thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.